You all right? My name's Paul, I've got autism, and I make random videos based on my version of autism and the way my head works. Uh, and I stick the videos on the internet just in case you fancy watching them. That's it. Um, this is the next video of the butterfly effect, which I think is number four, I think. Um, and I wasn't gonna do it this soon, in all honesty, but a strange thing happened. Uh, which I wasn't expecting at all. And that was people sent emails going, Paul, you didn't give us an update. Are you all right? You know? <laughs> like the, the video you put up, it's not the same topic. And uh, you were going to the doctors on that Tuesday and you know, you never said how you got on. Is everything all right? We're just checking in. We want you to be okay. Did not expect that. Um, because I don't think I expected anyone to be bothered. I didn't, you know, I'm just sharing how things are making me feel and how I get stuck, how I get bothered, how things freeze, how my mind then overanalyzes. Never once thought anyone would be bothered. Never once thought anyone, you know, as in like care. And I think, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know how to say thank you properly and make it sound heartfelt or bothered, but just know that, it's appreciated, very appreciated, because I just never had it in my thought process at all that anyone would ever even reach out that way. I didn't think, I, I don't know, I think I think that's it. I didn't think. Um, so, you know, this is mainly for the people who <laughs> were interested in my well-being, I think. So if you don't know what I'm on about with the butterfly effect videos i think it makes sense to watch them before you carry on watching the rest uh because um you know there is a lot in them to digest and i can't wrap it all up in this video but you know ultimately if you want to just join in from now the head notes would be problems were happening in work i asked for an autism workplace assessment i got one it failed um, it did not take into account how I was accurately feeling and the accurate things that were causing me a concern. It was very generic, very focused around the sensory issues that people could get overloaded on. Um, and then because that had failed and there wasn't control measures in place, everything just carried on. These processes happening in work, which are dangerous, which I keep raising and nothing gets fixed, which causes me a lot of stress. And in the end, I broke. Um, and then I went off and then I went to the doctors and the last video or, and the last couple of videos were kind of focused around the doctor and the ultimatum that the doctor gave, which was, I'll give you two weeks off, but when you come back after the two weeks, you're going to have to have either CBT or you're going to have to take medication. And then I think the last video was mainly about me being really panicked about being forced into those, uh, into that, you know, no win situation as far as I was concerned, um, you know, and I did take into all of the, all account what people had said about CBT and how it worked for them, how it didn't work for them. Same with medications. Um, and I know some of you have sent emails very strongly about not taking medication. I have read them. I just haven't had headspace or the time to uh, respond. So just know I have read them. Okay. There isn't an email in my inbox I haven't read. So if you have sent something, I, I promise you I've read it. Um, 
you know, and what I did over the two weeks while I was off, I did a lot of research on CBT and medication. So for the CBT, it wouldn't have worked for me because I was only looking at it via the workplace stress because that's where everything has come from. And all the control measures that I could gather from all the different companies are what I already do. You know, I, I, I've planned my own work for over 10 years. So the correct way to process and plan has already been done. I don't need to worry about that. I, my, my, my problems in work were dangerous. And I'll give you one example so you understand. Because I said I'd share all one day. I'm not sure if I will because it'll be a bit too specific and a bit boring for those who don't know my field. But everyone will be able to appreciate this bit. So when you build a building from scratch, you should have a fire engineer involved in the process. And they should be there for the consultation, the design. They should stay involved throughout the design. They should be on site for the build. They should be making sure that what they have designed to be fire safe and the correct level of fire alarm system, the correct widths of stairwells, the correct placements of emergency lights, you know, the structure, whether it's 30, 60 minutes, two hours, um, you know, whether it's got passive control measures like sprinkler systems, anything like that. It's making sure that everything meets the today's standard because when it's brand new, it's got to. And it's making sure through the build that there's no corner cutting, that things are being done to the correct level, making sure that the correct calculations are being done for airflow, for water pressure. Everything is considered. And then at each point, you then sign off documents to say, this is still on track, this is still safe. If you've got a fire fighting lift built in your building, it's making sure it's got that secondary source of power, not just reliant on the building's power, making sure that it's got a second skin around it to make it twice as strong. You know, and firefighters can ultimately control it between floors and that it actually does meet the standard of a firefighting lift because it wouldn't be the first time where it starts as a firefighting lift and then through the through the planet, through the build, they decide halfway through, well, it's a bit too expensive. We'll just put it as a normal lift now. We'll just have it as a passenger lift, which you can do, you know, depending on your type of build. I'm not getting into the specifics, but, you know, if this was a residential building, it, chances are it won't need a firefighting lift if it's like, I don't know, four floors. Um, but like I say, there's a lot of specifics not going into them, I'm trying to give you the overriding one of the concerns which really stressed me out. So this fire engineer would stay involved, would be signing off the processes on all the different stages that have to happen. And then at the end, the fire engineer will do a fire risk assessment on the building nine times out of 10. And they will just ultimately sign it off saying everything from the consultation and the design is absolutely accurate. These walls do offer two hour protection. Those doors do offer one hour. The sprinkler system has been tested to work. It will respond under this pressure, you know, and, uh, you know, if you've got like a, a system linked into a fire um, station, it's, you know, making sure that they know that the, the, the signal goes through what the signal represents. Does the fire service need to know anything when they attend? Do we have a key safe box, which might have uh, necessary information in? There's loads of stuff to consider, but the person who's been involved from the beginning and involved in the entire build process, involved in every meeting, involved in the actual final say of the building, can then get the pen out, sign that building off as safe, and off we go. 
But what happens at my place is they come to me to sign the building off. And I've not been involved in the consultation, the design. I've never been to site. I know nothing about it. I don't know what management do. I don't know what plan has been for that building. I don't know if it's registered. I don't know if how many staff will be on at different times. I don't know what type of training these staff are going to get. What I'm ultimately saying to you is I know absolutely nothing about it and they want me to sign it off as safe to be habitable and usable. No. And that happened once. I raised it as a serious concern. I contacted the person who basically plans the design of buildings and gives the go-ahead and stays involved in the initial processes. And he was more bothered that I raised it as a concern and ultimately said, look, just sign them off. When they come in, just sign them off. No. And then I went to my boss about it, and he was like, oh, okay. And he had a meeting with the guy, and they've agreed that they're going to get a fire engineer in. But that takes months. So that's, you know, it's, they've got a, a company in who do it for a living, you know, so they can use them as a subcontractor in a way. And I thought, great, I can finally pass that off. And then what happened? It landed on my door about five more times. And I had to say no five more times. I had to have arguments five more times. I had to have a fight five more times. I had to argue with people well above my pay grade and get a bad name five more times because something very illegal was wanting to be happening and very unethical, very unprofessional. No, I am not doing it. And I should be commended for that because that's what professionals do. They don't sign things off when they don't even know if a building's safe. And yes, there is that section of my work that are very new to this. But listen, I've done it before. But they don't, you know? So that was one portion as to why I was so stressed out that I had to go off. So CBT doesn't work when I'm not wrong. Um, and the medication side of it, you know, I, I reviewed a lot of medications that my doctor can provide. Um, I also spoke to a, a, a gentleman I know who takes medication um, and he's very like-minded, works in an identical role for another company, understands fully when I have a concern about something, um, offers me alternative opinions when there's one to be offered. So I value his mind. I value the way he thinks. And he takes a certain medication. And uh, I was ultimately going to go on to the same one as him um, because he told me how it made him change, how he felt, was there any issues, all the things that you're bothered about. You know, and like I say, people have sent emails, big emails about the, the, the cons of taking meds. And I have read them, I promise. Um, so my doctor gave me that, you know, the two options, didn't they? The take medication or have the CBT. You've got to pick one when you come back after those two weeks. So when it got to the weekend before I had to go back on the Tuesday, I was on my backside. I was very low. I was fretting. I was panicked. I was a mess. It was horrid. I I felt disgusting. That's the best word I can find. From head to toe, inside and out, mentally, physically disgusting. Just felt like I needed to be put in the bin. Because I knew I had to go and give an answer. And then I'm thinking, well, she's going to send me back to work because she told me she can only give me two weeks. 
you know so i was i i ultimately had to invest um or i had to not invest i had to request the kp which is kind person i had to enlist my kind person who offers me ridiculous assistance ridiculous levels of assistance when i need it um to basically come to the appointment with me and the KP, the kind person, I've let them know fully everything of how it makes me feel, what made me go off, how my head is, how I'm dealing with things, what I think I need versus what I'm being offered. Because remember, I wanted time. I asked for time. Give me time and I can breathe out. Give me time and I can digest. Give me time to stop thinking about what I'm thinking about so I can make it reborn so I can see it from a new light. Just give me time. That's all I wanted. So I told the kind person every single thing about everything. And they came to the appointment. But by the time it was Tuesday, there's no airs and graces on me. I'll tell you the truth. I was a mess. I went mute. I just could not speak. I couldn't look anyone in the eye i couldn't even look people in the face i was your stereotypical version of autistic you know i was monotone i was my face didn't move i couldn't look at you i wouldn't answer you properly i was i just wasn't me which was horrible because the doctor made me feel like that so what was good is the kind person for me was my translator because I told them everything from my perspective, from my opinion, from everything that's going on, told them everything that the doctor had said, told them how I addressed the doctor, how I talked to the doctor, how I made it all about work and a very logical perspective and I didn't talk about me and how it could make me feel because I was just making, like I say, I was being robotic, very logical way of thinking. And then, like I say, they, they, they ultimately turned out to be a translator for me because they, were, they turned what I'd said from autism into neurotypical and passed it back to a neurotypical person. And the neurotypical person heard everything I was saying. And, you know, the doctor was a bit, seemed a bit bothered because the first time I was there, I was like I am now and I was telling them everything and I'm using my eyes and my eyebrows, I'm smiling, I'm changing my tone, doing all sorts of that. But the next time I went, I was an absolute shell of myself, just staring off into the distance, wouldn't talk, wouldn't look, just, I want to get out of here, you know, just not happy about it. And the doctor was going, I thought we had a nice conversation last time, Paul. I thought we got on. I was like, we did. It was my fault. I should have been more clear i should have not been caring about your feelings and how my awkwardness might have made you feel i should have focused solely on me and i didn't and that's why i've got someone with me now and you know what happened next something that made me so angry but so relieved the doctor said i don't pay your wages you don't work for me I don't care how much time you have off. That's all I needed to hear. 
because the doctor ultimately made it quite clear that I had two weeks to make a decision on medication and CBT. So I thought, like a clown, that she meant everything ends as well. You know, I've got to go back. But she was like, look, I, what, she says, I don't care how long, it, how long you need to be off. What I care about is you not feeling like this for any, any more time. For as, you know, I don't want you to feel like this for the rest of the day, let alone you know, for the amount of time you want off sort of thing. And I, I got it. I understood that. But I wish you'd have made that clear because then that would have made my decision process a little bit easier. You know, because so CBT has gone. I'm not doing that. But I went with the intention of saying, right, I'll have medication. But the doctor basically said, I'll give you as much time as you think you need. But what is it you think you need? I need you to get better. And I said, as I've told you, I need time. I need time to breathe out. Because I'm so, I'm spinning plates mentally and I've got too many plates and I'm tired. I need to let some fall and it's all right that they fall because I know I can always put them back on again. But I don't feel I've had the time to stop, allow the plates to stop, stop spinning. And what am I going to do? I need time away from work to figure it out. Can't keep feeling like this. And going straight back will do nothing for me and I'll hand me notice in and I'll probably be off until my notice expires, which is unfair for an employer to have an employee run the clock down and get paid for it, you know. Uh, but I've got more to say about that. Um, you know, so basically, from being told I've got to pick medication or uh, CBT, I'm off work for a month. And I haven't got to take medication or have CBT because a kind person was my translator. So when I had the, you have to pick one or the other, I was then told I didn't because they then asked me, what do I think I need? Which is what I told them in the first appointment, which was, I need time. I need to breathe out. I need to redesign my mind. I need to go back, not interested in who I work for. Because I've got this flaw in me that I go to a workplace and I give them 120% of me. And I invest my, you know, because it's like, oh, thanks for giving me a job. And then it's like, I'll stay loyal to you forever. And then I'm like a Labrador, but then my owner kicks me. You know, and I still, I'm still like, oh, don't worry, I still love you. You know, the reality is I should go, who are you kicking? I'm going to go over there. They're, they're going to stroke me on the head. You know, it's... So I, I told her I need time to detach from who I work for. I need to detach with the relationships I've built with people. I need to basically just go, whoever I work for is an exchange of service. I work for you because you pay me a wage I accepted under the conditions that you were willing to pay me that wage. You know, I just need, it's a transaction of service. I shouldn't have to bend over backwards to convince you to let me work for you. I'll be pleasant. I will do the work that you want me to do to the best of my abilities during the hours I get paid. But the second that clock hits, I'm going home. I'll see you later. And if you want me to care about the workplace, give me something too. Give me training. You know, pay for my affiliations. 
take an interest in my well-being. If you think I'm suffering, how on earth can we make it any better for you? Because I shouldn't have to hit rock bottom for someone to then go, what's that? Sum it up with you. Oh, what? <laughs> you know, so I told her that I need time to think because the only thing that will fix me is space. I told her how much time I think I need off, you know, and I did say to her, look, if I, and because if you could have seen me on the Tuesday, you'd have, you'd have thought I was going to do something bad. And, uh, she just said, well, look, you know, what's going to happen if you come back and see me in a month, which is how long I've got off, um, and you still feel exactly the same. I said, if I come back feeling like this in a month, I'll be knocking your door down for medication because I can't feel like this. But then it took two or three days to decompress after that visit, get rid of the headache that I had. This tension headache lasted days. Today, I feel all right because I'm starting to breathe out a bit and I've started to get in my mind annoyance for who I work for and why they've let me feel like this when I made everyone fully aware of how I feel and fully aware of how it's made me feel. This, I didn't keep any of this a secret. I didn't keep the things that I found dangerous, unprofessional, illegal to a degree. I didn't let anybody not know. I raised everything, but they chose not to act on it because everyone's busy. Well, that's great, but I can't be around for that. And now I feel a bit calmer and, and I'm a bit clearer because I've got the time I initially needed. My resilience for the workplace is starting to build. My thought process of, you know, not being so emotionally attached and involved to an employer is really kicked into another gear of, I've got to learn how to be robotic again in some instances. You know, being a robot didn't serve me well in a lot of areas, but it served me well for work. You know, and I just need to get that back. I don't need to think, you know, oh, the only, I'll tell you the thing that makes a job good. It's the people you work with. If they're kind, considerate, nice, understand, or at least I pretend to understand when you're going through oddities, that makes everything. It's not the employer. It's not the company. It's the people you work with. And the people I work with, there's about 10 of us. And I've got time for maybe half of them. Um, there is, but there's nothing in my workplace which would make me stay just because of who they are, because now it's tainted because they've let me fall into a, a state of disrepair. And I've had to have all these fights and mental thoughts and, you know, going mute and stressed and, you know, queries with the doctor needing the kind person to come to the appointments with me and try and make sense of things, suffer days of headaches. I've had to suffer all that because of a few processes in work people won't rectify. Not anymore. Not anymore. I will get better. I know I'll get better because I'm, I'm given what I know I need, which is time. And hopefully after this other month, if anyone from work's watching, too bad, but I'm not going back again. I'm going back in the new year because in a new year, that will have been enough time. And I know I won't feel ready 
in December when I've got to go back to talk about the sick note again. But I'll be better than I was when I went because I'll be on the path. And I know what I need to go back 100%. Not 70%, 100 And I'm now at that stage where I feel all right to apply elsewhere for other work. I've got the mental strength back to have interviews. I've managed to get out of the thing which was making me feel bad, which everything was focused around work and the badness and, oh, this is not how it's meant to be. And now I'm in the camp of, told them, can't do anything more. They either fix it or they don't, but it's not really my problem because they affected my mental health and that is far more important than what they do for a living. And if anyone from work's watching and you're bothered by that, I don't care because you didn't care about me. I'm important too. And that's something I've got to remember. I'll never badmouth anyone if they do good, but I'll never give people praise if they do bad. I'm looking out for me. Tonight, I'm going to have a couple of beers. I'm not on medication, don't worry. And I know some of you don't like me drinking, but I've got to have some joy in this life. And if I have a couple of beers, I'm good. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not drinking to excess. I don't do that. I've, I'm, not, I'm not that guy. Um, but I like a couple of beers. You might do something I'm not a fan of, but you know what? We're all allowed an opinion. We're all allowed what makes us put a smile on our chops as well. Um, but tonight is going to be a couple of beers. I'm going to get a takeaway. Uh, going to watch some nonsense. And then tomorrow I'm going to get up. And my fight today is, Paul, get on the rower. You set it up, you went on it a couple of times, then you hit a wall, you've not been on it since. Tomorrow is the start of a new day. Start taking control of you, your life, what you need. Balls to everything else. So for those who wanted uh, an update, there it is. So I hope you were, uh, because I know for a lot of people this is just talk, but some people have started to get to know me and uh, you, you're probably the only ones who stuck in for the entire video. <laughs> But I'm feeling all right, okay? So your concern is very, very appreciated, but I'm on cloud nine compared to how I was, all right? So I do appreciate that you were looking out. I really do. It means a lot. Um, so until next time, thanks for watching. Thanks for caring. And uh, keep smiling.